Hello everyone, welcome back. This is Dr. Kim Barbara, better known as Dr. Kim, your audio guide and host for today. I am happy and I hope you are happy too. Welcome back, coming to you live and direct with a new and exciting topic for today. This project, just to remind you, is Discover Monterey Bay, the podcast series, a fresh way for you to stay informed about what's going on in our community and how it can help you get ready for college. So I'm going to jump right into this today because I am excited to talk to uh, our guest. Today we have with us Kirby Gary, who is the Director of Athletics for California State University, Monterey Bay. It is so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Dr. Kim. Happy to be here. This is awesome. It's just been so much. I've been I've been really waiting to get you on the show because it's been so much going on in athletics that I've wanted to be able to capture that so that our our uh, community is able to hear what's going on. I'm sure there are many student athletes who are looking and waiting to see what that looks like for them. So we're going to jump right into this so that we can be able to get more information on what to do in preparing for college and specifically preparing as a student athlete. So there's been a lot going on in athletics, right? All around the world. No question about it because of the pandemic. Many adjustments have had to happen um, with staff and athletes, right? So how has this adjustment been for you and the athletes at CSUMB? Well, it's a great question. You know, we're, we're really trying hard not to look back, um, although I will, sure. <laughs> for, the, for the purpose of the show, because, you know, we're just thrilled to be back in person and on campus. Obviously, this, first, this is the first week of school here. We've been here for um, since early July. Um, as we were allowed to come back and start to repopulate campus in the first phase. So, um, yes, it's been a long 18 months. So I think um, for those that are listening and those that don't know, we were completely shut down. Our, our conference, the California Collegiate Athletic Association, which involves yes. 12 CSUs, you know, 18 months ago, we shut down and didn't come back to any in-person activity for the whole year. Yes. Now, throughout the country, there was college athletics, there was pro sports, all with different types of um, COVID protocols and mitigations. Um, but our presidents made a really bold move and, and one that really prioritized the health and safety of our community and our campuses. And, and knowing that, you know, that, you know, we were going to do our very best to keep our students on in progress towards degree at the institution sure. that they're at. Um, so it was, but it was a long year. I mean, our athletes come to CSUMB. Um, certainly for the education, for an academic program of their choice, but the, the love of a sport is what drives them to a Division II institution and certainly to CSUMB. So to not have that um, for over a year is, is difficult because it's a part of oh, yes. their identity. And, and honestly, it's a part of our identity as a department, our coaches and our staff. That's This is what we do. So it was a long year. Um, but adjustment-wise, you know, we, we had some things institutionally that we went through. Um, in, in terms of staffing and, and things like that. But, you know, within the month of July, we were able to hire um, 15 of 16 open positions to get. Oh, wow. Positions. That's yeah, we had wonderful. A, yeah, we had a busy month. Um, and, and really, there was many months leading up to that. But we were super happy to be able to really execute on our plan to restaff so that we could then repopulate um, and position ourselves for success with our student athletes, because it's um, it's a lot to, to undertake. And, and we're right you know, we're, we're a week away from really starting 
our fall competition, which we've been anticipating for so, for so long. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your questions exactly, but no, you, know, you are, you lot. are. The loss of a year, which I know we'll probably talk about later on, um, has a lot of different um, ramifications with regards to eligibility, but I'm super proud of our coaches, um, number one, and our student athletes right right with them, because we, we kept a, rem, uh, a majority of our student athletes remain on their rosters, enrolled at CSUMB on progress towards degree, which ultimately is why we're here. You know, we want to win games yeah, and we yeah. want to play our sport, um, but we hope that the combination of the two gives them a really fulfilling experience at CSUMB. And I think the fact that so many stayed on our rosters and stayed engaged with our coaches really shows the, um, really the true nature of why they chose CSUMB. Um, for more than just the sport and the fact that they're engaged with their coaches is enough to stick with us um, and, and really to, to push through what, is a, what was a difficult year for a lot of people, um, um, but one that we feel really good about and, and proud of, of what we were sure. able to do. So. No, you should. This is awesome. I am really happy to hear that, you know, in, in a very um, challenging and fluid situation, that, you know, you and all of your coaches and the administration and the president and um, even your athletes were able to move together to get out of this and, and find ways to be able to, you know, to still thrive and to still be able to keep the love of the sport. Because I'm sure, just like you said, it's, of course, they're students first, but very important to understand that it's the love of the sport that brings them to the Division II school. So that is amazing. So as we start to repopulate, many parents are concerned, I'm sure, as you already know, I'm not telling you anything new about safety due to many of the sports having high contact. So how would you address this? Well, you know, the difference now between a year ago is vaccinations, right? And the ability ability to take that that really important step um, towards staying safe and healthy, um, not only as an individual, but as as a team and as a community. So I mean, that's the major difference. So certainly there's, there's, we have this, we have similar mitigation um, efforts that we're doing with regards to testing um, mm-hmm. and county and, and, and institutional guidelines. Um, but we've been, we've been really um, working hard to, um, with our coaches and with our student athletes, um, educating, making them aware of the vaccines that are available, um, the safety of them, and certainly the CSU um, mandate was one that we were expecting. It was mm-hmm. actually one that was, it was actually one that was passed earlier um, for intercollegiate athletics. So we, we really got a jump start on that real, on that campaign towards vaccination. Mm-hmm. And, and as of today, um, we are, we as a department and student athlete group are 95% vaccinated. Wow. Congratulations. You deserve kudos on that. That is amazing. And what an accomplishment. Yes, 95%. So parents can feel really good about that, knowing that the staff, you didn't just say the athletes, you said the staff and athletes are at a 95% um, uh, for vaccinations. And that's amazing. You don't hear that very much anywhere, uh, let alone in athletics. Yeah, we're proud of it. I think it speaks a lot to our community. It speaks a lot to our campus and our direction from President Ochoa. I think in the messaging that has went out consistently, um, and certainly again, I think it speaks to, um, you know, a lot of it just speaks to again them wanting to come back to to what they believe is is their normal, right? As of competing, exactly. And, and the virtual environment, it's just not conducive for for an athlete that wants to play a sport. So no, um, it's certainly not. virtual classes we can deal with, but it's hard to it's hard to play soccer 
online if you really exactly. want to. Do it. So yeah. so yeah, so we're we're super proud of that. Um, and and we have you know the NCAA has guidelines and certainly our institutional guidelines are actually more than that. So we're okay. We're, so it's more doing, stringent. Okay. Yeah, we're doing three times a week testing um, for our exempt and unvaccinated students. We'll have surveillance testing for our vaccinated students that that goes up depending upon their championship season or off season. Mm-hmm. So we're working with campus health and with the testing center on campus. Um, to really do our, our very best to, to take care of the, the testing aspect that we need to do to, to continue to stay safe. And, and as a function, you know, we have a, a, a majority of our student athletes are living on campus in the rest halls. So we're really plugged into the, to the normal, um, I guess, mitigation efforts that we're having on campus, but ours are more mm-hmm. than typical students. So a, tip, a, a student right now is being at, or student or staff is being asked to test one, times a, one time a week if they're unvaccinated or exempt. Ours are three times a week. Um, because mm-hmm. of that close contact that you mm-hmm, mentioned mm-hmm. and because we travel right and so we're going to travel exactly. throughout the state and out of state for competition so it's a lot to keep track of but we're super thankful for Anna and her team and campus health and, and our head athletic trainer Amanda Jennings um, our coaches as well so it, it takes a village really to be really um, diligent um, diligent in our um, in our approach to it because that's the number one thing is obviously keeping us health, healthy and safe um, but we didn't have to make it up. The playbook is there in terms of how to, how to do our very best with it, whether it's masking on the sidelines, um, masking for, for spectators that are into, that are coming into the building mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. facilities, all the things that you see on a day-to-day basis now will be in play for, for athletics here at CSUMB. That's awesome. I was going to ask you about that as far as the spectators. And you just answered that, that the spectators do have to come masked. And so, um, and are you having social distancing or how are, how is that being addressed? Same, same thing. You know, if you're walking into a building or walking to the outer sports center, same, same things apply that you're, that you're, the signage and everything applies. So in, indoor masking with social distancing, and we'll do our best to create that within the, within the facility. And then outdoors, we're asking the same if you, as you enter a facility to be masked. And then the participants if they're not competing, they'll be masked. Coaches will be masked. If they're playing and competing on the court or on the field, in the pool, they, they won't be masked. Sure. Um, but, but everybody that's on the sidelines and around the event will be, um, regardless of vaccination status. Again, we'll, we'll take all the steps necessary. And, and, it's be, and, and we're not, we haven't had, again, we're real fortunate. I'm thankful for our community, our department. And I think we haven't had a lot of pushback or issues with that. And generally people wanna do everything they can for us not to take a step backwards. Exactly. We've waited, you know, we've waited a long time to get to where we are. So everybody is really um, pulling together um, and, and moving forward. That is awesome. It sounds like you're taking all the precautions necessary. And matter of fact, it sounds like you're t- taking extra precautions, <laughs> you know, outside of what is even, um, you know, suggested. You're, you're taking extra precautions. So that just shows your commitment to not only what you're doing into the sports, but your commitment to the safety of uh, not only the athletes, but also the participants, your staff, um, and everyone around you. So I think that's awesome. I applaud you for all that you've done. I know it had to be definitely challenging with a lot of the fluidity that was going forward, you know, back and forth with what could be done, what couldn't be done, how it would look. And I applaud the athletes for being patient and, and being fluid as well, moving along with those uh, changes and being able to stick with it to get to this point. So now, I mean, we're, we're getting ready for fall 2021. How does that look for sports here at CSUMB? 
it's a, it's a good question. I, I I'm not sure. No, I do. <laughs> you know, it, you know what what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, we we do have to we do have to remain flexible in our planning, but we have a we have a strong plan with regards to travel and hosting competitions. Again, one of the benefits, kind of um, going back on what I said earlier, that the, our conference, you know, and our presidents were unified in in how we were going to handle intercollegiate athletics at the Division II level in the in the state system because it's not it's not necessarily like everywhere else in the country. So the fact that we have 12 mm -hmm. institutions, the majority of our competition is against our conference, which has the same mandate, following the same rules, following the same protocols. So that makes it, I mean, I think an even safer environment. Um, but what's planned for CSUMB in the fall is, is to get back to doing what we love to do. We have, we have women's volleyball, men's okay. and women's soccer, men's and women's cross country in the fall. We also compete in men, men's and women's golf in the fall. So they will have a nearly um, traditional schedule that we that we left behind. 18 oh, months that's ago. great. Not much in terms of differences. Um, less travel out of state, of course, um, sure. from a safety perspective as, as the year goes on. And then we transition into men's and women's basketball in October. They'll start playing in late November. So we'll get back to, to being very busy. Um, we'll have probably 100 home games on campus if everything continues the way it is. Um, okay. So, so we don't have a lot in terms of um, a lot of difference. It's just going to be a different day to day to how we get there. Um, okay. And as of right now, we're planning on spectators within all the different county and campus guidelines. Um, and it, of course, that could change. I think I think one thing that's worth mentioning is that we've taken a, some steps to do um, to improve our ability to stream to video stream our home games online. Okay, really? And the, yeah, and the same thing goes for our conference. So we have a, a conference network called the CCA network. So all 12 institutions are supposed to be up to speed with regards to video streaming, volleyball and men's women's soccer for our home games. So those that maybe are still hesitant to come out and watch a game, or and certainly for our parents that live throughout the state and out of state can tune in online and, and watch their student athletes or watch their favorite team play online. And um, so we're excited about that. We've it's oh, taken, wow. some, taken some work to do. We're, we're, we've got some um, construction going on and installation at the Otter Sports Center right now that's gonna improve what we've done dramatically with regards to our indoor sports. Um, we'll continue to video at, 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 um, at soccer like we have in the past, but we also have some ongoing projects to improve our infrastructure out there. Um, um, to help the video stream. But right now we plan to, to video stream all of our home games in our team sports, which is volleyball, um, men's women's soccer, men's women's basketball, softball, water polo, and baseball in the springs. So we'll have a busy, um, a busy year getting that up to, go, up to speed and going to. So yeah, we're excited. Oh, wow. I would be excited as well. That is amazing that you're going to have such, you know, uh, diverse ways for uh, participants and spe spectators to be able to participate, you know, by watching. Um, that is amazing. I, and I, I love that idea because, like you said, you have some people that may not feel comfortable yet coming out into the larger crowds. And this way they don't miss anything and they're still a part of the action, if you will. And so <laughs> I love that. I, I really do. And so how can our community that's listening, um, how can they find out more about what your schedules are and how can they find out about where to go to live stream? Yeah, absolutely. So otterathletics.com is our, is our home, is our main pay, our main website um, for Otter Athletics. Um, so that's an important one for us. And then the CCA network is just that. It's ccaanetwork.com. And that'll have all 12 um, Cal State institutions in the CCAA. And, and there'll be easy links. It's very user-friendly. 
Um, we're going to start the year. Um, I believe we're going to start the year as a free platform, and then we'll build into pay-per-view as as we go. So I, I I believe that the fall sports are a free to view, and then we'll build up into um, charging a monthly subscription to access the CCA network, starting with basketball. Excellent. That is amazing. I tell you, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because that is such a great idea because sometimes it, it's even that um, we may be out of town and we want to come and see the game. And this way we can still see the game and be out of town. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a nice, it's been a unified effort of all 12. All of us have, have video streamed, um, some of our matches, some of our game, different sports, everybody's been, have done it a little bit different way. But over the past year, we've been able to come together as a conference. We're all on the same platform. We're all on the same service. We're working on, we're all working on improving our infrastructure. So we're just, I mean, we're really getting started for the first time this year on a collective, all 12 institutions on the same network. And it's only gonna improve as the year goes and, and throughout the years. And so, and I think this is one of the benefits of having gone through what we've gone through Sure. It's really sure. to explore other ways for people to engage with our teams, um, be able to enjoy what I, what we believe is high level competition and, and support and support our program. So we're excited. I would be too. And you're right. You know, all of us have had those silver lining moments, if you will, even in the midst of the pandemic. Right. And this is definitely one of them. So I appreciate that. So. So you have a lot of students, uh, athletes that are in high school, and of course, they're trying to figure out what's next and how it looks because, you know, things have been uh, different, right? So how would a student athlete uh, plan um, if they're going to college? How could they prepare themselves and plan knowing this is a kind of a new landscape? Well, I think, you know, it, it, it's... Um... It's always difficult. I think it's a difficult decision. You know, I think, you know, we, our coaches spend a lot of time recruiting. So number one, you know, is, is really, is really for the high school coach that they're playing for or club coach or AAU coach to really know um, that a student's intention is to play college athletics. Um, okay. And they want to, and they want to explore that and the earlier, the better. Right. And, and, and sometimes mm -hmm. maybe it starts way too early, but I think it's really important for coaches to understand that. Um, and, and a lot of times that's a, that's a part of what comes with a lot of the private and club sports. We sure. encourage, we encourage many of our student athletes, certain recruits to, to play as many sports as they can in high school and to really enjoy their high school experience the best they can. Um, oftentimes students get, students and parents get quite focused on one sport and single sports. And, and that's not for everybody. It's for some people, mm -hmm. but we, we really encourage those that, that really enjoy sport to, to play, to play multiple sports. It's not always how it works out, but it, it starts with the coaches that they work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Our coaches certainly recruit, um, but the best way is to really reach out to institutions that maybe that fit your academic um, interests or um, really fit what you're looking for athletically. And the best way is to reach out. Like I mentioned, our, our coaches are all available on otterathletics.com. Email is the best way to have a first initial um, reach out. Oftentimes there's a questionnaire link on the website that they can okay. follow information. Um, video, we just got done talking about video streaming. Video is has been a game changer over the years with regards to athletes and recruits to be able to send in clips to coaches um, to, 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 to garner more interest or to peak interest of a, of a recruiter. Um, but it, it does take some work on behalf of the family and the student to really explore the options that are there. And as we've talked before, Kim, you know, a lot of times you know, a lot of times the most attention is given to high school um, athletes and, and, and uh, club athletes that are looking at division one and the highest of profile. 
but there's over a thousand NCAA institutions that compete in college athletics. And that's just NCAA. There's there's also NAIA. There's also community college. So there are so many options and, and not everybody is ready or prepared or maybe skilled to be a division one athlete, but that does not mean you can't play college sport. Um, and so that's, I think, really important. There's so many options. We really feel, certainly we feel that Division Two is a sweet spot with regards to NCAA athletics because the balance that Division Two athletics brings to a student athlete really allows them time to engage academically on campus, be involved more Absolutely. than and compete at a high level. We have, in, we have off-season workouts. We have, you know, we take it very seriously. There's no doubt about that, but there is more of a balance than at Division One. And Division Three is a non-scholarship. So, um, and, and the financial aid packages can be division um, different at Division Three, um, but Division Two really is a, a partial scholarship model. So it's certainly scholarships available, um, but the, the balance that comes with it, we believe, is is really the kind of the what what what's known as intercollegiate sport now. If, if you look on TV, it looks a lot different, almost professionalized at the highest level. Um, yes. Ours really is not that. We don't have anybody on a full ride scholarship at CSUMB. All of them are on some form of athletic scholarship or, or academic or federal aid, and they're really playing the sport because they love it. And I, and I really encourage people um, that are looking at institutions to connect with the coaches because that, that's your day-to-day. That's the person that is going to take care of you and support you throughout your journey academically and athletically. And that's, that's, the, important, that's the most important relationship. Exactly. Uh, you said it very nicely. Uh, that's the sweet spot, right? Uh, <laughs> is division two. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how is, you, you mentioned NCAA. So how is NCAA dealing with athletes who didn't, you know, like eligibility and, you know, didn't, you know, and, and I know that was a big uh, question for a lot of um, student athletes was eligibility, losing it and not losing it. How did, how did that actually get addressed? Well, you know, NCAA-wise is, is, has really relaxed guidelines and relaxed many of the rules that were in place. And, and there's actually a, a whole movement um, that, that is going to probably change the NCAA dramatically over the next year or two. But with regards to recruiting and eligibility, you know, um, essentially everybody got extra years. So, I mean, okay. it, it's creating a challenge on the recruiting side because I mean, current college athletes have all all kept their eligibility from the last 18 months. So even those that competed last year, it's almost like that year didn't count and they got an additional year if they wanted to take that. So we, what we have is we have athletes that have graduated um, at CSUMB and they're coming back and taking open university or graduate courses or mm-hmm. post courses to, re, to, to continue their eligibility, which is a challenge okay. right? for us. We're, wow. We're doing, you know, our cumulative GP at CSUMB is over a 3.3 for, mm-hmm. our, for our 250 athletes. We're graduating on time, but all of a sudden we have those that are graduating or close to graduating, and they may have a year or two remaining to compete. So then that plays out in how many roster spots we have available. The same thing is happening at the community college level. Um, mm-hmm. Students are almost repeating a year if they if they want to um, in terms of eligibility. So it's a little bit of a logjam with regards to um, athletes and, and, you know, student athletes really having to make decisions. Um, they remain on progress towards degree and graduate on time and move on or do what they, or get creative within the institution to remain in class because they have eligibility remaining. So mm-hmm. the NCAA has really just relaxed the guidelines. So from a high school standpoint, if the guidelines have been relaxed at the institution regarding test scores or, or grade, you know, transcripts and different things, everything is, 
trickles down to the NCAA. So we're not making it harder um, for athletes. If they're, if they're admittable into the institution, then the athletic ability, athletic eligibility goes right along with that. But what it's really done is again, there's just, a, there's just a, a, a bunch of student athletes that have eligibility remaining um, and they're, and it's cause we're, you know, so we'll have a lot of veteran athletes this year. We have less mm-hmm. freshmen than we've ever had because everybody stayed, they stayed on their roster. They stayed engaged. They stay in school mm-hmm. and either delayed graduation or graduated. And they're working on, on, um, like a post-grad, um, um, course or two to remain, mm-hmm. so they could stay in play. Yeah. I don't know if I'm wow. answering that well, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit complex, but, um, no way. you answered it. No, that was excellent. It's very interesting. It just sounds like, you know, it really was left out to the um, student athlete to figure out what was their best avenue, what was best for them, because it's different for everyone. You know, in some cases, yes, to delay. In other cases, no, to go forward and look at some sort of post um, uh, scenario. So I I think that's a good um, place to be because you made it individualized where the student athlete can and family members really right can make that help them make that decision right yeah it really is yeah they'll make that decision and those that didn't and those that have moved on so we're super proud of them because you know what they've done is they've got a degree they they've had they have a maybe an internship or a graduate school opportunity already set up or they have a job right exactly and so then they're just making life decisions and we just can't you know we're we're not getting get in the way of that certainly coaches want them to remain their teams if they're contributing members and they're you know, you're, you're all our all our best teams are those with with older student athletes as they grow up in the program. But it's just a part of what we're dealing with. And certainly we applaud them for moving on and doing with you. But we have a, it's a very small number. We have a majority of them. Majority of our athletes came back, found a way to, to, to stay you know, on progress towards degree and at the same time, you know, have their eligibility to, to complete here. So it'll it'll be challenging this year and the next. Really, this will ripple for a few years with mm-hmm. eligibility. And then there's a lot of transfers that are available that maybe aren't having the same approach, especially at division one roster sizes are, are a bit more strict with regards to how many can be on the team. And so some of those athletes are finding um, maybe leaving those institutions and coming to institutions like us that don't have those limits. So, so then there's more of a, there's more opportunities for transfers as well. So again, it all, it all plays out um, with our head coaches trying to, trying to manage a scholarship budget, trying to manage a roster, how many they need to have or want to have on that roster and, and what, we can, what we can handle in a good way to position everybody for success. So yeah, sure. It's challenging, but one we're up to, we're, we, we enjoy it. We'd rather do this than be sitting at home. Exactly, I think they would too. <laughs> I think they would too. I just love how you guys are supporting everything. You're supporting which, whatever the decision is, you're supporting it and that's, that's um, what really counts because they need that support whichever way that decision lands. So last question, I hate to, you know, get to the last question because I'm having such a great time engaging. And like I said, um, I I do love sports and I I think it's really interesting to, you know, just see the transformation of this, um, you know, um, particular sector at at the university and seeing how you found the silver lining, like we talked about before. But, you know, in general, you know, not just at CSUMB, we're seeing, you know, this transformation. So how does the resocialization look for college sports in general, like all over? Because it's not just CSUMB, it's not just Division Two. This is, you know, for college sports as a whole. You know, I think, I, mean, I think anything, I mean, I mean, 
again, what I know is, is CSUMB. I'm, I'm engaged enough nationally and within the state to get a sense for what everybody's going through. We're all going through the same thing. But I think I think we're just we're grateful for the small things that that we enjoy. And if anything, it it you know reignited the passion that we have for what we do. Our coaches mm -hmm. that, that you know a part of their identity is to teach and to mentor and to coach young people. And to be without that kind of in that in that in person experience really um, you know I guess it just inspires you to not take it for granted. Sure. Um, and, and really approach and, and attack your job on a day-to-day -day basis. I think we're all thankful to be back to doing what we're doing. Um, but I think the global, I mean, the, the more global way of looking at it in our country is I think, I think college sport and high ed, higher education is at a real, um, and this is a whole nother topic for another podcast, but it's, it's right. a, it's a really big, stop, Kirby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot between division one at the highest level of division one is, is really looking more and more like professional sport all the time with regards to TV mm. and the mm -hmm. fine and how that impacts division two and division three and even smaller division one institutions because the NCAA is trying to manage all of it. And there's a very big difference between the highest level of division one and division two in the, in, in the California Collegiate Athletic Association. But I would guess, I would guess 90% of us are more alike than we are different, but mm -hmm. that top percent is very much different than we are. So I, I expect to see some pretty, um, you know, pretty transformational changes with regards to the NCAA. Um, we didn't even talk about name image likeness and, and opportunities that are now benefited of student athletes that used to be held back because of eligibility reasons. Um, so there'll be a lot changing um, this year um, that people read about. But I, what I encourage people to do, especially those listening to this podcast, are to really, you know, focus in on Division Two, focus in on small college athletics where you can in the media, because the Division One narrative is isn't what we're going through here sure. we really are we really are student-centered we we are this is not a this is not a financial profit loss thing for the institution we are very much a part of the institution we are very much engaged with what what is the fabric of the campus and that's to su support student success sport is just is our classroom right and we, it's sure. our way of really um providing our student athletes a well-rounded approach to their education while at ccmb and, and, and in higher ed and, and really preparing them for sex success um, in the future. So yes, definitely. There's a lot of change. It's not a great answer, but I think- No, having, it's an awesome answer. You know, we, we've seen that the highest level of, of college sport just continue on like, like COVID wasn't happening, right? And so, mm -hmm. and, that was, and that was really had to do with TV contracts and different things. And in my opinion, it put people at risk. It put a lot of things at risk. And I think it's every institution is evaluating where college sport sits on their campus and the value sure. that it provides. And that's why we feel so good about division two. Um, President Ochoa has been so supportive of division two athletics at CSUMB because it's a great blend of, of college sport and in a, in a real engagement with the university at a level that really adds value to the education and adds value to our campus community, provides traditions, provides spirit for campus, um, things to be excited about. So that's what we're gonna continue to focus on is us. And we'll, we'll, we'll monitor the national landscape and see how it impacts us on a day-to-day -day level. But we're very fortunate to play in a competitive conference in our state with great competition. And I think all of our hearts are in the right place with regards to um, really serving our students and, and preparing them for, for success after college. I think that's amazing that you, know, that you have that perspective and that outlook. And I think a lot of parents in our communities and even the student athletes would feel very comfortable uh, being able to come to a place like CSUMB, knowing that 
their their student athlete is being put first in their health and their academic decisions and what it's going to look like after college, right? After you get the degree, you know, so, but preparing them and still supporting them in their sport that they love and giving them the, the platform and the ability to be able to perform that and to, to have it to be executed in an excellent way, but yet always remember that, that they are a student athlete, which means that student comes first. So we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much again for being with us today, Kirby. Uh, this is Kirby Gary, the director of athletics for CSUMB. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. This project is Discover Monterey Bay, the podcast series. It is a fresh way for you to stay informed and in the know with programs, resources, and opportunities that are available here in our community. We look forward to having you back as a listener next time and maybe even a guest. Take care.